As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With their sights set on a new winning streak, our beloved were in the Gateway City to meet the St. Louis Rams, looking to build on Monday night's win and get the second half of the schedule off in style. Could the Bears contain the Rams, or did they return home defeated? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 10 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. You know, in last week's open, in the preview episode, my question there in the opening was, which team, which Rams team will show up, and will the Bears be able to beat them? Well, the Bears answered that question with the team that did show up to play on Sunday with a resounding yes, a huge 37-13 victory over the St. Louis Rams to get our fourth win of the season. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for another victory episode of the Chicago Bears Review. So the second half of the schedule, the ninth game of the season for our beloved Chicago Bears, a victory for the Bears, fourth win of the season, four and five, one game away from 500. And you know what's funny? Maybe it's not funny, but it's kind of funny. If the Bears had won the Detroit and Minnesota games, which I think we can all agree they should have, we wouldn't be four and five. We would be six and three, and we'd be tied. We'd be tied for second place in the division with the Green Bay Packers, who lost their third straight yesterday so that the Minnesota Vikings now stand alone atop the NFC North at seven and two a record that uh, they probably shouldn't have right now. They should be 6-3 and three like the rest of us. So, um, you know, interesting, interesting goings-on in the North, and uh, I think the, the Packers and the Vikings finally get a chance to play each other uh, this coming Sunday. So that game will be for, uh, you know, will either be, you know, Minnesota extending their lead or Green Bay getting the lead back. And, um, you know, just just for the symmetry of the thing, uh, I don't want to face uh, in, on Thanksgiving next Thursday. It's crazy that it's already next Thursday. Um, Thanksgiving next Thursday night when the when the Bears and the Packers meet on uh, Sunday night football. Well, it'll be on NBC, so it's not Thursday night football in the NFL network. It's Sunday night football on Thanksgiving night. Um, when they meet, I don't want to be facing a team that's lost four in a row. Uh, so I, I, I'm as 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 odd as this is going to say sound, I should say. 
I'm I'm kind of rooting for Green Bay on Sunday uh, to win. If it is, I believe it is Minnesota. If it is, then I hope that they win and that they beat Minnesota so that they're not on a four-game losing streak when they come into Brett Favre Jersey retirement night uh, on uh, on Thursday night uh, on Thanksgiving night. So I just think the odds are stacked against the Bears as it is. I just don't want to make it worse by oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers. uh, You know he's already lost two games at home this year. And, uh, you know, they just lost to the Lions yesterday. The freaking Lions. I mean, I know that we're, we're ones to talk. We, we gave the Lions their first victory of the season. But to lose their third in a row and to lose it in the way that they did against the team that they did in the location that they did, it just keeps snowballing. Because the first two losses were both to undefeated teams. Denver, the number one defense in the NFL, on the road in um, in Denver, loss. Okay, not that big a surprise there. Okay, then on the road at Carolina, also undefeated. Okay, kind of expected them to win that game, but they didn't. So Carolina is for real, and okay, so not that big of a, of a shock altogether. You can kind of look at those and be like, okay, I can see that happening. But on the road, I mean, at home, in Lambeau, against the Lions, where the Lions have not beaten Green Bay since before Brett Favre took over at quarterback. And for those of you keeping score at home, that was 1992 that he took over. So it was 91 in Lambeau was the last time that the, uh, that the Lions won a football game at Lambeau Field. And, um, you know, I think Barry Sanders was only in like his second or third year in the league, just to kind of give you a perspective on how long ago that was. They uh, went ahead and and blew that game last yesterday uh, against Detroit. So, uh, you know, I I really hope that the Packers win on Sunday uh, so that they're not riding a four-game losing streak coming in Chicago. As a Bear fan, hell yeah, I want them to lose, Uh, you know, just just for the sake of Packer fans suffering and all the rest of that stuff. But, uh you know, going into that game, I would prefer they not be on a four-game skid because it's going to be tough enough to beat Green Bay as it is in Lambeau with everything that's going to be going on, national TV uh, and everything, without adding to it that, uh, oh, yeah, the Packers haven't won a game since, uh, you know, like mid-October. So, uh, yeah, would prefer not to uh, have those uh, hill – would not prefer not to have that hill to climb uh, when we go into that game. So – but I'm going to get ahead of myself here, way ahead of myself, actually, because we're here to talk about this outstanding performance from our beloved Chicago Bears yesterday afternoon in St. Louis. I mean, easily, easily their best performance of the season, um, aside from the first drive of the game, which was St. Louis taking in the opening kickoff 80-plus yards uh, to start the game and put it into the end zone. I mean, right off the bat, you kind of got a a weird, like, man, I guess the team that's going to blow us out of the water showed up to play today, Um, only to have us come back second play 87 yards to Zach Miller. I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. And then pretty much after that, it was total domination uh, for the Bears from that point on. Um, You know, it was – pretty fun 
to watch. I think I had somebody either message me on Facebook or on Twitter, one of the two. This is the most relaxed I've been watching a Bears game in a long time. You're absolutely right because all nine games, eight games that the Bears have played before this, aside from the uh, Arizona game, which got out of hand early, and well, and I guess the Seattle game as well because that one that the Seattle kind of pulled away late on us there. But of the eight games we've played thus far, all of them, but week two and three. So let's just say the last five games the Bears have played, um, all down to the wire. Down to the wire, all within you know three or four points or whatever the final scores ended up being uh, in those games. The last five games were decided by like three points or less. And, you know, it was nice. We walk away with a 24-point uh, victory when, when the game was uh, well in hand early in the fourth quarter. So uh, that was definitely a nice uh, – a nice change of pace and any and an outstanding time to do it. I mean Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And I was telling you guys last week, this is a game that we have to have considering Denver and Green Bay on the horizon virtually back-to-back in those games this is a victory that we that we definitely had to have considering we're going to be huge huge underdogs in those next two games now this next game against the broncos got very very interesting today when it was announced by the broncos you ready for this peyton manning's not playing on sunday he is not playing uh suffering from plantar fasciitis um Anybody who knows what that is, it's uh, you have the, the muscle in the soles of your feet, the muscle, the muscle, the muscle, muscle with an M, not an N, the muscle that connects right to the ball of your foot. That's where the he's got a tear right there. So pretty much every step he takes is and it's excruciating. I've had it myself. It's excruciating. So he had that in his uh, left foot, which is his plant foot when he's throwing which would explain a lot. He was 5 for 20 for 35 yards, four interceptions, and a fumble yesterday. Those are very Rex Grossman-like numbers. So when you compare Peyton Manning to Rex Grossman, that's uh, that's a bad afternoon. He had a very bad afternoon as the Broncos lost their second in a row uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday, a team that, that we beat. So if you go by the uh, comparison... We beat the Chiefs, and the Chiefs beat the Denver Broncos, so we should be able to beat the Broncos, right? We'll have to wait and see, but what was probably going to be a pretty wide margin uh, for the Bears to overcome as far as being an underdog, even though they're at home, probably just got a little bit smaller with uh, uh, Brock Osweiler uh, starting his first game in Chicago uh, against the Bears. So we'll uh, 
It's very interesting. We're going to have Lori Lattimore Volkman on later this week, see what she has to say about uh, how she thinks the Broncos' chances have either you know, improved or uh, gone down drastically now that they've got a guy starting his very first game this late in the season uh, in, in, in uh, relief of uh, Peyton Manning. So we'll see what she has to say. Uh, about that and then obviously the green bay game coming after that and green bay is just not playing good football right now they are absolutely just not playing good ball so far so uh, we we might be catching both of these teams at the absolute best time as far as the bears being able to take advantage of it because we are in a definite upswing with the victories on at san diego at st louis you know these were games that the bears were not supposed to win they won in on monday night they won handily against a very good football team in St. Louis that, you know, as we've talked about, is definitely a schizophrenic, we have no idea who's going to show up team. So, you know, but 37 to 13, that's a very convincing victory. So there's no fluke or luck or anything involved for anyone who has doubts about how that game's supposed to play out or how it did play out. You know, the Bears uh, put that to rest very early on. You know, I came in last week during the preview episode and I said, we got to get off to a fast start because this is not a team that is built to come from behind. We had 24 points on them at halftime. That is definitely what I was talking about. That is absolutely what I was talking about. Um, you know, being able to put a touchdown on the board right away with the first drive and being able to add to that uh, considerably uh, in the second quarter and, um, you know, have a lead that we didn't relinquish. Uh, you know, from the from pretty much like early on in the second quarter, we had the lead for the rest of the game. Uh, that's not something that we've dealt with at all this year, uh, and it was a very, very odd feeling to be like uh, like the like the, the guy that, that messaged me on fa- it was, I believe it was Facebook said, you know, I haven't been this relaxed watching a Bears game in a long time, and that was definitely the the proper term to describe it. Relaxed. You're sitting there. You're watching defense after that first drive was absolutely swallowing up. Uh, Todd Gurley and Tavon Austin and the rest of the offense. Nick Foles finished with a quarterback rating of, uh, okay, where did it go? I'm pulling it up now. Vic, Nick Foles finished with a 14.4 quarterback rating. Jay Cutler, 151, highest of his career. 19 of 24, 258 yards, three touchdowns, no picks yesterday. No turnovers, no mistakes of any kind from Jay Cutler yesterday 151.0 is highest quarterback rating of his career uh yesterday oh i'm sorry nick Foles. that was the the qbr that espn stat uh their actual quarterback rating was 53.0 cutler's qbr yesterday was 90.2 probably also one of the highest of his career if not the highest so just to give you an indication of what uh, nick Foles is up against uh yesterday so the bears only came away with one sack uh in the game but we hit the quarterback Nick Foles 10 times yesterday so we're having a little trouble closing but we were definitely getting there yesterday which is definitely a step in the right direction something that we're really going to hope that we can duplicate this Sunday with that and he's not a rookie he's been in the league for a couple of years this is his first start so basically he is a rookie you know coming into this game uh, on on Sunday you know to get after him and to you know to keep him from being able to establish any kind of rhythm is going to be very, very important. And what's important for the Bears and how they perform this Sunday, no Pernell McPhee. He sat the game out uh, with that knee injury. So 
That's what makes it all the more impressive. Willie Young started in his place. Lamar Houston uh, was getting after the quarterback again this week, adding to the two sacks that he got uh, on uh, on Monday night. Yeah, it was Lamar Houston that got the one sack uh, on on uh, on Sunday. So, you know, three sacks in the last two games, which is triple his production for all of last year. So, <laughs> there we go. Um, so we'll see how. Uh, how we do from there but uh the performance that the bears gave yesterday was uh was outstanding to see so um let's go ahead and start diving into these knee-jerk reactions because i'm kind of talking way past (laughs) you know i usually kind of do this in in pieces here but um you know in in the first quarter that first drive was kind of you know i don't want to say it let the air out of the room but it had a very like oh man kind of you know feel to it because all week that's all we talked about was which one of these teams is going to show up on Sunday? Is it going to be that world beater that can go into Arizona and beat the Cardinals? This is that team that can put up 30 points on a Seattle defense that doesn't give up any points, you know? Or will it be the team that couldn't muster a touchdown against the Pittsburgh Steelers when Ben Roethlisberger went down early in the game? Is it the same one that could only score 10 points on the road against Washington who has one of the worst teams in the NFL? Which one of those teams is going to show up? Um, you know, we kind of got two answers because the initial answer was the world beaters are here and then the rest of the game was a completely different story. But here's my first quarter knee-jerk reaction. Not quite the air of optimism that you would hope uh, going into this game. Knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter of the Bears and the Rams, and it's been an interesting one so far. Uh, the Rams take their opening drive 60, 70, 70, whatever it was. They went the length of the field, put one in the end zone. And in the preview show, I said the, who the Bears have to, to bottle up on offense was Todd Gurley and Tavon Austin. And who were the two players responsible for moving the football in the first drive? Tavon Austin and Todd Gurley polished off by a touchdown run with Todd Gurley to go up 7 nothing. The Bears come out in the, with their first possession. Two plays into it, Zach Miller, of all people, takes one of those screens, 87 yards for a touchdown, basically virtually untouched, got a decent block from uh, Alshon Jeffrey, and just kind of squirted through this little hole where three defenders kind of converged at the same time, and he came out the other side, untouched to the end zone to tie it up. Then the Bears and the Rams trade turnovers. Uh, Mark Mariani, who continues to uh, make mistakes on special teams and special teams in general, hurting the Bears and giving away points. Mariani muffs a punt. The Bears were able to hold, and the Rams put one in the uh, at a field goal. The Bears come back with uh, with the Rams, and uh, Shane McClellan, who is playing today, forces a fumble and is recovers it as well the bears also unable once again to finish off in the in the red zone settle for a field goal so we're tied at 10 going into the second quarter the rams have the football and we'll see if we can be consistent in slowing the rams down and consistency is what we got from the bears for the rest of the football game we were consistently solid in moving the ball uh, on the offensive side and we were consistently solid on the defensive side in shutting down the rams because i saw a stat early in the third quarter they put one of those graphics up that said um that was showing the the the, the drives for the rams um you know i think we're like nine drives or something like that eight drives into the game uh, at that point it was in the third quarter and it showed the first drive seven plays 80 yards touchdown and then the rest of it was uh, 
then the second one was the field goal after the Mark Mariani's fumble. And so that's 10 points on their first two drives. So that's what kind of made you feel a little bit nervous going into the second quarter, thinking, is it going to be like this all day long? Then after that, it was all three plays, four plays, three plays, two plays. You know, it was punt, punt, fumble, punt, 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 interception. You know, as it went down, they got 80 yards on seven plays in the first drive. And then after that, at that point in the game, I think we we're about midway through the third quarter, 24 plays for a total of 66 yards. So that is how the defense showed up after giving up that touchdown drive because they basically did not allow a foot in that drive that the Rams got a field goal out of it's because Mariani fumbled the ball in the red zone. And after that, the Bears won the game 30-3 to because it was 10-7 to at that point. We won the game 37-13. to So after the, the, uh, the Rams got their field goal to go up 10-7, the Bears won the game 30 to 30 to three at that point to come away with the 37 uh, 13 uh, victory 14 of it coming in the second quarter and um, you know going into the in halftime with a 24 to 10 lead over the St. Louis Rams team you had to feel pretty good because as we as Joe McAtee, uh, McAfee told us uh, when we had him on the show uh, and as uh, you know as history has shown because of their lack of big playability in the wide receiver position uh, you know because Todd Gurley was the main focus of their offense this was not a team that was built to come from behind so when the Bears got go, go into halftime with a 14 point lead you had to feel pretty good about how the rest of the game was going to shake out. Major reaction to the Bears and the Rams in the second quarter. And, boy, what a difference in the second quarter. The the offense, you know, um, while it had trouble in that first quarter, turning that turnover into a touchdown because of, you know, being in the red zone, hasn't been an issue since then, uh, due greatly in part to the fact that, Today, the theme for the offense has been big plays. I mean, this is a defense that we're playing against in the St. Louis Rams that doesn't give up a lot of big plays. And they've given up two huge plays on screens, of all things, uh, today, but more traditional screens, not the bubble screens that you've that the Bears have been running that everybody's expecting and pouncing on top of. Uh, today, um, in the second quarter, the Bears were already up 17-10 to 10, uh, in the second quarter. A, um, a, a, a screen pass, a beautifully, beautifully uh, executed uh, screen pass out to uh, Jeremy Lang on the side and I don't remember exactly how long it was it was 80 plus yards at least 85 86 maybe somewhere in that area virtually untouched for the touchdown to make it 24 to 10 at the time and on the defensive side of the ball the Rams the Bears are containing the Rams Todd Gurley and Tavon Austin have basically not been heard from since the first drive that led to the touchdown uh, for the Rams to get things started uh, today, the Rams are one for eight on third down uh, in the first quarter. The Bears, on the other hand, all cylinders firing on the offensive side of the football. Jay Cutler over 230 yards and three touchdowns here at the half. So remember that speech that I made where the Bears don't traditionally do well if Jay Cutler's putting up prolific numbers. Today might be the exception to the rule if he's at, you know, basically 240 yards at halftime in three 
three touchdowns. Could end up being a very big day offensively for the Bears if things keep going this way and if the defense continues to bottle up the Rams on the offensive side of the uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I should say. So if things keep going this way, it's going to be a very pleasant afternoon the rest of the way out. <laughs> And that's pretty much how it did go down. The third, the third quarter was a, a very, very quiet quarter. Nobody scored any points uh, in the third quarter, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, actually, the Rams got their other field goal uh, in the third quarter, but late in the third quarter, actually. 2.41 to go in the third quarter. The Rams finally put a drive, their last good drive together. Ten plays, 63 yards, ended with a field goal from Greg Zerline, 38 yards out. After that... The Rams were not heard from, especially in the third quarter where the Bears added another, added a couple of field goals and Jeremy Langford's second touchdown of the football game. But uh, my knee-jerk reaction for the third quarter was all of 32 seconds, so I'll just go ahead and drop it here for you. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter, the Bears and the Rams, and it's 24-13 to 13 outside of a field goal drive for the Rams. Pretty uneventful uh, thus far in the third quarter. Defense prevailing on both sides uh, for both teams in this one, uh, keeping everybody at bay thus far. The Bears have an 11-point lead right now going into the fourth quarter, and they have the football, and they're moving it down the field. I believe they're at midfield right now of the Rams. Looking to close this thing out, up by 11, going into the fourth quarter. And the funny thing is, the most exciting thing that happened in the third quarter was a scramble from Jay Cutler early on uh, in the quarter. The, the, I think it was the opening drive of the third quarter uh, for the Bears. Uh, Jay Cutler goes back to... Actually, it was like a, it was an option read, is what a read option uh, play. Uh, Jay fakes the handoff to uh, Jeremy Langford, who goes running up the middle. Jay comes around the edge, and you know he's running up the field, and he is off to the races. And God only knows how far he could have gone before he got caught. But he got a 26-yard run before he actually just slid. He did the quarterback slide uh, to, to be safely down. I mean, the, there were guys that were catching up to him, but who knows how much further he could have gone because there was nobody in front of him. So it was just going to be a matter of somebody catching him on that play. Um, you know, if, if he was a, uh, you know, like a Russell Wilson or a Colin Kaepernick type runner, that very much could have been a big touchdown run for Jay Cutler. But instead, it ends up being a big 26 yard gain uh, for Jay. And I think it was the longest, longest rushing play of the day uh, for the Bears. But, um, you know, it, it was pretty sweet uh, to see Jay take off uh, running like that. Easily the most exciting play of the third quarter, because like as you heard me say in my very long and extensive third quarter knee-jerk reaction not a lot going on uh in that third quarter the 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 offenses were going uh back and forth and not you know punt trading punts and and so on and then the rams had the had the ball for like the like five six minutes uh that that 10 play drive that ended in the field goal but in the fourth quarter it was all bears as they rattled off 13 more points to come away with the big uh 37 to 13 victory capped it off uh in the fourth quarter with a six-yard touchdown run uh from jeremy langford that just polished off and another outstanding game uh for him um you know, second week in a row to prove that it wasn't a fluke against a much, much tougher defense 
in the St. Louis Rams than the one that we dealt with last week uh, in San Diego. Uh, 73 yards on 20 carries, so 3.7 yard average. Not the greatest, but still solid and consistent. Uh, Kadeem Carey actually uh, was the was the backup in the in the game once again. 14 carries, 56 yards for a little bit higher of a 4.0 uh, average. Uh, but you know, Jeremy Langford once again, seven catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown including that 83-yard uh, screen pass uh, for the touchdown uh, in the uh, in the second quarter, which was a thing a thing of beauty. And I, I was reading an article uh, yesterday. Uh, Matt Slauson gave a quote where he gave the credit to the touchdown to the screen um, because Matt Slauson made a huge block that's, that basically broke Langford free. And Slauson, in a very captain-ish kind of way, gave all the credit in the world to, to Langford for helping him set it up um, because he was saying that um, he wasn't sure uh, where he was supposed to be as far as like, uh, you know, getting out in, in front. And he was saying that uh, he didn't see anybody out in front of him, which is number one, a good thing and a bad thing because when you don't see anybody out in front of you, you don't know who you're supposed to go and get. So he sees number 22 uh, from the Rams. And that's how he referred to him in the article, number 22. And he's trying to get the angle on him. And he's, he realizes in his head, this guy is way faster than me. I'm never going to get there in time. And Jeremy Langford slowed down, which slowed down the running back. And Slauson was able to get to him, cut out his legs and off. Jeremy Langford goes 83 yards for the touchdown that broke the game wide open. Uh, at that point, there was 24 to 10 after that touchdown. The Bears were on cruise control uh, for the rest of the football game. But that's the kind of thing, the vision that I think that 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 Langford has that I believe, quite frankly, is superior to what Matt Forte brings to the table. I, I love Matt Forte. You cannot argue with what he has been able to do. You just I, you know, I feel like he has some of the worst field vision for an elite running back that I've ever seen. Um, if it's not completely wide open and you can dra- drive a Mack truck through it, he's going to try to find another way uh, to go. Um, it's it's got to be as as obvious as the nose on his face for him to be able to uh, to see it. That's why I've always thought he was a much better runner to get to the outside because there's where he finds and creates his opportunities. Between the tackles, if it's not wide enough to drive a yacht through, Matt Forte is going to miss the hole just about every single time. And also, you know, as I've told many, many times, for those of you who have listened to me over the years, his dancing in the hole makes me insane. Jeremy Langford does not run like that. So I don't want him to blindly lower his head and just run forward. But I do want you to see I do want to see the effort that you're trying to get every single possible inch that you can. And that's what I see from Jeremy Langford and that's why I like his running style far more than Matt Forte's. That's why I fell in love with the rookie during preseason because that's what I was seeing even though it was against third and fourth stringers. We're seeing that that talent is real because he did it against one of the best defenses in football yesterday afternoon to the tune of 73 yards on the ground and 109 through the air yesterday. Another amazing performance uh, from him. But as you hear me talk about in the fourth quarter, how great was it to be a Bear fan and watch them demolish the St. Louis Rams? Knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter, the Bears and the Rams, and the Bears finish it off in style with, uh, what was it, 14 points? Yeah, 14 points to to, to, to uh, finish off the Rams, holding the Rams uh, to a field goal in the second half. 
so the defense for the second week in a row, uh, very impressive in the second, actually for the last three quarters of the football game, uh, to be honest. But the offense, uh, Jeremy Langford, another outstanding performance, over 100 yards receiving, thanks to that big 83-yard uh, screen touchdown earlier in the game. Uh, 70 or 80 yards rushing, I'm not sure what the exact numbers are, but he did get two touchdowns in the game, added a rushing touchdown as the final score of the game. Bears are just uh, fantastic in this one. This was a game, and I I guess I was wrong because I thought either the, the Rams were going to kill the Bears or the Bears are going to win a close one. Turns out the Bears blew them out. 37-13, to 13, the final score, and we get ready for one of our toughest tests of the year coming up this Sunday against the Denver Broncos. <laughs> the defense was so good, in fact, it forced Jeff Fisher to bench Nick Foles in the fourth quarter in relief of Case Keenum, uh, who has been announced as their starter, uh, at least for this next week. Uh, Nick Foles has been benched now. That's how uh, that's how good the Bears defense was. They got Nick Foles benched. <laughs> so, um, you know, always, uh, always fun. Uh, when your team can perform the way that you want them to uh, on the road in a tough place to play. I mean, that's a building that the Seahawks couldn't win a football game in and haven't for the last couple of years. The Seahawks, that St. Louis, uh, the Edwards Jones Dome is like kryptonite uh, for the Seahawks. They have a lot, a lot of trouble winning football games uh, in that building. The Bears did not have a very good visit the last time uh, they were in town, which was in 2013 when I was actually uh, in attendance uh, for the football game. But uh, a great atmosphere, definitely a pro Bears crowd, especially as the game got further and further uh, along. When they took shots of the crowd, all you saw was was Bear jerseys. That was really awesome uh, to see. And, you know, with St. Louis being one of the closer uh, NFL destinations to Chicago, it was definitely going to be a spot where you're going to see an awful lot of Bear fans. So uh, really great to uh, to see that, to watch the Bear fans have an opportunity to take over another stadium because the Bears are getting it done and our opponent uh, is not. So, you know, it was uh – it was, like I said, it was a, a strange feeling, one that we haven't had for quite some time for the Bears to have the game in hand very early on, you know, in the game with the big 14-point lead at the half. Uh, it was 11 going into the fourth quarter, and, you know, to rattle off 13 more points, three more scoring drives, two field goals and a touchdown, uh, you know, to just be like, wow, 37-13. to 13. Boy, this thing is, uh, you know, I wish they could all be like this, you know. And, uh, you know, hopefully it will uh, – We'll have a few more opportunities to see a few more games like this. These next two are definitely going to be challenging because despite the fact the Broncos are going to be playing without Peyton Manning uh, on Sunday, they're still going to have the number one defense in the NFL uh, coming after us. So it's going to be um, if Jay Cutler is going to have a test to face on Sunday, this is going to be the one. Not only are we going to be playing his former team, but we are going to be playing one of the best defenses in the NFL uh, right now so I just hope that whatever whatever the Chiefs and um, the Colts who beat the Broncos two weeks ago to kill their undefeated streak whatever they were able to do to put those points 22 points yesterday for the Chiefs 27 for the uh, Colts two weeks ago um, whatever they were able to do I hope the Bears have figured it out and that we'll be able to put that into practice because uh, that would be nice to be able to go into Green Bay on a three-game winning streak with a 500 record. And, you know, right now with the way this team is playing, you know, 
if we can play like we did from, say, the second series of the game on, I'll take that team against anybody because with the effort and the heart that this team is showing this year, the fact that it's there's nothing scarier than a team that believes in itself. And Kyle Long was uh, went on record as saying before the game on Sunday, the Bears are going to make a playoff run this year. And, you know, sitting at three and five halfway through the season, it does make you kind of want to, you know, laugh to yourself or grin to yourself. Okay, Kyle, that's that'd be great. But um, come on, guy, let's let's be serious. You know, we we, we've got some tough games ahead and, uh, you know, we're not exactly world beaters uh, at this point. So, you know, or at least that's what the skeptics are going to say after that performance against the Rams, who who in their own right coming into the game were playoff contenders at four and four um you know the nfc is not exactly uh aside from the panthers it's not a top heavy league uh not a top heavy conference this year green bay despite their three game losing streak is still number three uh arizona number two at seven and seven and two uh right now probably the best team in the conference but they've suffered a couple of losses uh so far this year green bay on a three game losing streak the NFC East is an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, the The Giants are five and five right now, and they're in first place by themselves um, because nobody seems to want to take control of that division. And you know, th- you know, right now I think the other playoff teams would be the Falcons and the uh, would be the Falcons and and the Packers. I'm sorry, because uh, Minnesota would be the uh, would be the other division leader. So it's. Um, Carolina, Arizona, Minnesota, and the Giants would be your four division winners right now with Atlanta and Green Bay. Neither which, neither of neither each of those teams is playing very good football right now. Both of them are six and three. Um, and you know, just not playing good football right now. The Bears definitely have a shot because these nobody's really just going out and taking these positions. It's pretty much like they got off to fast starts and they're kind of hanging on right now. Green Bay on a six and zero start. Down to six and three now. Uh, Atlanta five and zero start, sitting at six and three now. Lost three of their three of their last four. I mean, these are teams that aren't exactly making huge statements anymore. As the season progresses, the Bears are on an upslope right now, and a team that believes in themselves. And there's nothing scarier than a team that believes it can win. You know, just because. Th- they're going to be in that spirit never dies type mode that's going to make it extremely, extremely difficult to be able to break them and to be able to, to win football games because they're never going to believe that they're out of it. They're always going to believe that they have a chance, and that's the job that John Fox has done, Adam Gase, Ryan Pace, all of those guys um, that have uh, you know been in charge of this new regime uh, this year. They brought in the people that, that you know are leaders, guys, or the new leaders, Pernell McPhee. Kyle Long stepping up and being uh, leaders. Jay Cutler really stepping into the role this year. You're really seeing how mature he is coming out uh, and being this year. His performance was damn near flawless yesterday. No picks, no fumbles, no mistakes from Jay. He was 19 of 24, which is about as good as you can be. 151 quarterback rating, and the perfect rating is 158.3. So, you know, another outstanding performance from him. The three touchdowns. Um, you know, ran the football a little bit better, but he's he's not making the same old J mistakes. You know, I always equated the same old J tag to his decision making, 
not not actually the mistakes that he made. The mistakes were a, a byproduct of the decision that he made. He shouldn't have thrown it there. Not it was a bad throw. He shouldn't have thrown it there. That was the point. And he's not making the same old Jay mistakes this year. And that is why the Bears are always in it, because we're not giving it away um, this year. So really looking forward to seeing what this team has uh, going forward from here, because after this, this two-game hurdle, Denver and Green Bay, we got San Francisco, Washington, then Minnesota. That's the one tough game, off, uh, one really tough game left on the schedule at Tampa Bay, home for Detroit the end of season. You know, like I've been saying for the last few weeks, you, could, you can definitely see four out of five victories in those last five games. We can make a run at this thing if the ball bounces our way. And like I said earlier, I really do believe that we are catching Denver and Green Bay at the absolute right time. These are teams that are on their heels. They're struggling to get back to where they were and, you know, might also be, um, you know, kind of mentally, mentally injured right now not really believing in themselves and not playing their best football at a time in the season when it is critical that you're improving each and every week Denver and Green Bay at this moment are regressing each and every week so when you lose a home game to a one in seven team against a team that hasn't beaten you in that building in the last 25 years you're regressing big time so you know the Broncos also losing at home against the Kansas City Chiefs who they had never lost to in the Peyton Manning era and not only did they lose to him they lost huge 22 to 13 or 29 to 13 whatever the score was there uh yesterday does not tell you the story of how how dominant the chiefs were in that game with the five turnovers and uh and everything else so i do believe that that we've kind of uh that we've persevered that we're sitting at four and five we should be better than that we all know that and i think that that's also something else that might be carrying the bears uh, to where they're going and where they want to be uh, this year is that they know they're better than the record would indicate. They should have won two more games uh, than they have uh, this year. They should be in the driver's seat of a playoff berth right now, not hoping to to catch, you know, not not having to win pretty much every game on the way out and catching a break here and there. You know, they should be, uh, you know, contending for a division spot right now if they had come away with the victories that they should have so it's uh it's an exciting exciting year the way things are unfolding and i for one can't wait to see uh how the rest of it turns out so very very uh very very proud of the team and the leaps and bounds of which they've made this year in progress definitely been a pleasure to watch thus far and we still have seven more games to go uh, in this campaign so that's going to do it for the review of the bears week 10 victory over the st louis rams what do you say we go ahead and close things out with everybody's favorite segment bear up bear down So as you can imagine, when your team rattles off a 24-point victory on the road against another football team that many consider to be playoff-bound or definitely contenders for a playoff spot, not going to have a lot of trouble filling up the bear-up side 
uh, of the list uh, this week. It was on the bear downside that I asked for a little help. For those of you who saw the post on Facebook, who in your mind should have been on the bear down list? Uh, I actually got a response during the game uh, this week um, <laughs> saying that it was uh, uh, Troy Dean, who is at the myth one uh, on Twitter, tells me it's time to get a new returner. I don't care if he returns one in this game. He's not playing smart at all. And also on the Facebook side, Josh, uh, let's see, Josh Fulber. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Malk Fell, uh, Julian Blair, Jacob Jacobson, and Tim Uncle Bear Sanchez all agree. So that's six votes right there for the one and only bear down that we had this week. None other than Mark Mariani, our punt returner slash kick returner, who... <laughs> The fumble wasn't entirely his fault. Um, the guy came across and just hit him in just the perfect way to knock the ball loose. So it wasn't all his fault. However, in that situation, he should have done a he should have fair caught the ball. Instead, he was going to try and return it and paid for it dearly. Now, luckily, the Bears' defense um, had gotten their their uh, you know the stupid gland out of their brain at that point and started playing solid football, and, you know, St. Louis only walked away with uh, with three points. But, um, you know, it was nice to see that, uh, you know, the defense could help us out uh, on that one. But it shouldn't have happened. It should have been a fair catch. The Bears starting, you know, deep in their own territory, and we're trying to change the field position game uh, at that point. And the other thing, you know, other there were a couple other times in the game where he just he seems like he's out of position sometimes. Like he thinks the ball's gonna be kicked further than it is, so he's further back than than he needs to be. And he always seems to realize that at the last possible second because he always seems to be bearing down on the ball as it's getting closer to hit the ground. So he like he's almost always got his hands way out in front of him to try to catch the ball so that he's got all of his momentum carrying him forward. Uh, when he catches the ball, and it's a recipe for disaster. It's why he fumbled those two kicks uh, against um, uh, Minnesota a couple of weeks ago and, you know, why he's struggling once again. So, you know, I don't necessarily think it should cost him his job uh, on the team because he's been, you know, fairly decent and limited duty as a uh, as a backup, as a three, as a four or a five uh, receiver when the Bears run a multiple set. But, um, you know, I definitely think we should start entertaining the idea of somebody else returning punts, if not punts and kicks uh, for the Bears. So our one and only Bear down this list uh, this week, uh, it's unanimous for those who had voted. Mark Mariani, our one and only uh, bad performance uh, for the Chicago Bears uh, this Sunday. So, you know, statistically, Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett were virtual, non, virtually non-existent uh, in the game. Uh, this week, Alshon coming off of three straight 100 yard games was uh, in doubt for this game this week because of uh, him tweaking his groin in practice on Wednesday. But he did play. And even though he wasn't the target of much on Sunday, he contributed quite a bit. That touchdown run for the, the screen uh, for Zach Miller sprung off a block that Alshon made. He walled off one defender and uh and uh, Miller kind of squirted between uh, the other two and, you know, making blocks downfield. 
that is one thing that he has excelled at as far as being a wide receiver. Uh, the one thing that he has done well at using that big frame of his to help make blocks uh, down the field. So the very few times that I've seen uh, when Alshon has had an opportunity to make a block, very few times have I seen him not be able to to make that. So, I mean, actually with the as poor a blockers as wide receivers can be sometimes, you'd expect more holding penalties or something like that from them. But, uh, you know, nothing like that. It's just overall, actually, the Bears only had four penalties yesterday. That is a vast improvement from what we've been doing over these last, over the, the course of the entire season, actually. Four penalties might be the fewest that we've had all year. And that's, you know, when you limit the mistakes like that, it just makes it so much easier for your football team. And you see how well we were able to do yesterday, minimizing all of those mistakes yesterday so on to the bear upside of things number one on the list for me jay cutler 250 plus yards 19 of 24 151.0 quarterback rating three touchdowns no picks no fumbles no mistakes no same old jay moments and you know a huge victory uh for our beloved and outstanding performance from jay and all you jay haters i'm not hearing you so much these days and, and and i'm glad because you know i don't even if you had anything bad to say about the way you played yesterday you are nitpicking the hell out of it for sure because there was nothing nothing really just negative to say about jay and the way he performed uh yesterday uh bear up to our running backs jeremy langford and kadeem carey uh kadeem carey um with the higher average four yards per carry on 14 carries 56 yards for him but obviously Langford the leading rusher of the entire football game 20 carries 73 yards and a touchdown going with seven catches and 109 yards and another touchdown uh, on an 83 yard uh, screenplay that he helped set up beautifully according to Matt Slauson if it wasn't for Jeremy Langford he'd have never been able to get to that block in time that sprung Langford for the huge play that put the game pretty much on ice for the Bears they were up 24 to 10 at that point into the half and kind of coasted uh, from there so an outstanding job from him and uh, you know Kadeem Carey doing very well uh, in his uh, backup duties and you know for for, I for one was actually kind of surprised that Carey made the team this year because he doesn't contribute on special teams or at least I don't see him out there and he was going into the season as the number four back on the roster and you don't keep a fourth running back if he's not contributing on special teams in some way because he's behind Matt Forte, behind Jacquez Rogers, behind Jeremy Langford, then comes Kadeen Carey, and he's not helping out on special teams. It's kind of surprising that he did make the team. Turns out this was a genius move by Ryan Pace to hang on to him because he's been doing very well because we lost Jacquez Rogers for the season, I think during, was it the Raider game, that we lost Jacquez, and then obviously with Forte being down these last two weeks, you can never have too many good running backs, and Kadeem Carey has at least been showing us flashes of why it was the Bears used the fourth-round pick on him last year. So big up, big bear up to both Langford and Carey, especially Langford, who everybody knows is kind of like my man crush of 2015, an outstanding performance uh, from him uh, as well. Bear up to who else? Zach Miller, five catches, 107 yards, two touchdowns on the afternoon. 
Uh, two touchdowns, the big 87-yard uh, screen pass that broke the game, uh, that you know the, that got the Bears rolling on offense and got the Bears even with the Rams after giving up that big touchdown drive uh, to start things off. You know, evened it out and got the Bears mentally in a good place to attack for the rest of the football game, and it's exactly what they uh, what they did uh, going forward. You know, you you, you got to feel good about Zach Miller. And as I'm actually sitting here looking at the stats, Zach Miller was targeted five times and he caught five passes. So you can't really you can't hate on that uh, at all. So I mean, uh, that's a that's a pretty good job from uh, from Zach Miller. So. Granted, he only caught for 18 yards on the other four catches, but uh, one of them was a touchdown. So you got to love that. And uh, for a guy that, uh, that you know, has fought so hard to keep his career, basically going around playing for anybody that will even remotely think about hiring him for a guy with his injury uh, resume, for him to be able to, to stick it out with the Bears and have the season that he's having uh, this year is an outstanding uh, story. Uh, for Zach Miller, so you have to have to feel good uh, about that. On the defensive side, bear up for Willie Young. You know, got an interception yesterday. This is the guy who says he doesn't want to play or didn't think he'd be a good fit for a three-four. Asked for a trade earlier this year. Dropped into coverage yesterday. Picked off a pass from Nick Foles. Damn near ran the thing back and uh, used the uh, interception opportunity to reincarnate his uh, reeling it in sack dance for the interception, held on to the ball, uh, you know, to, for posterity. His first career interception uh, in the game yesterday put the Bears in a good spot, and I believe that's where we got our fourth and final uh, touchdown, uh, the, the second one from Jeremy Langford, his rushing touchdown uh, at the end of the game yesterday. I believe that's what the, the interception set up for us uh, yesterday. Uh, also, you guys won't hear me say this often, and I probably haven't said it since the Green Bay game in 2013 uh, when he took out Aaron Rodgers, but bear up to Shea McClellan. Finally getting himself back out on the field, and while he wasn't exactly a world beater or anything out there, he made plays. He was in the right spots at the right time. He was able to help us bottle up Todd Gurley, and he forced and recovered a fumble uh, early in the first half uh, of the game. That's the way you want to come back when you've been on the shelf for a few weeks. So I can't really say that we've missed McClellan all that much, but he's kind of the guy that uh, Vic Fangio... Um, you know, kind of anointed the leader because he was the signal caller uh, out there, kind of, you know, anointed him one of the leaders of the linebacking core. He was able to come back and, sh- and uh, you know, p- kind of pick up where he left off before he got hurt against Kansas City. And like I said, created the opportunity, got the fumble, you know, made, made the fumble, recovered the fumble, got the Bears the football back. Uh, so we're able to put some more points uh, on the board. So in a rare, rare opportunity, Bear up to Shea McClellan. So we'll see how uh, the rest of the season goes for him. Uh, bear up in the secondary, which we haven't been able to say much this year, but Tracy Porter, three outstanding pass blocks, um, you know, batted balls and such uh, this week, was outstanding in pass coverage on the rare opportunity that uh, St. Louis would try to get a ball out to one of their uh, wide receivers. Uh, one receiver in particular, Brian Quick, one of their second-round picks uh, from the last couple of years, seven targets, only one reception uh, for that kid, Brian Quick, and that was kind of like the tail of the tape. Wes Welker was targeted six times, only caught three passes. Uh, you know, the Bears were kind of blanketing in, in coverage uh, this week. Even uh, 
Kyle Fuller uh, got into the act with a couple of batted balls uh, himself. But Tracy Porter himself, he kind of stuck out. The moments that he made those plays were, you know, third down situations and such. You know, the Bears uh, were able to finish out the game holding St. Louis to 4 of 14 on third down, a big reason why the Bears were so successful yesterday is because they were getting themselves off the field. Um, you know, led the, the led the game with over nine minutes Nine minutes of uh, time of possession yesterday, like 34, 34, 35 to 25, something like that. It was just an outstanding margin that, uh, you know, our offense was the one out there dictating the pace of the game, and the Rams were on the sidelines watching uh, instead. So, and then uh, uh, finally, uh, can't forget about the offensive line. Uh, They have been outstanding, and it's, you know, you got to give them a bear up just because this this musical chairs of this offensive line is constantly changing. Uh, I think we did finally have a the second week in a row with the same uh, unit. I don't think Coronas Grasso was even active again yesterday. Slauson was our center, Dukas and Omeme on and, and the guard position, Long on the right, Charles Lino on the left. Uh, second week in a row with this particular lineup, and they did fairly well. Got 73 yards rushing out of Langford, 56 uh, for Kadeem Carey, so over 120 plus yards between the two of them, and and you know touchdown. Uh, Jay was only sacked once, uh, twice actually, twice, both by Aaron Donald. Man, that sucks. We didn't get that kid, man. It really does. I wanted him so bad. I just thought he would have been the perfect bear. I really do. And I think even in a 3-4, he'd be awesome. But, uh, you know, maybe we'll be able to lure him away in free agency someday. It would be awesome to have him uh, in a bear uniform. I'm just saying. He has been everything that I wanted him to be, but he's been it for the goddamn St. Louis Rams and not the Bears. So uh, he was pretty good yesterday. If you had to give a bear up to an opponent, he would be the guy uh, to get it for sure. Aaron Donald stuck out more than anybody uh, yesterday, even more than Todd Gurley. And uh, finally, got to give a bear up to Robbie Gold. Bouncing back after three straight misses over the last two football games, three kicks for the Bears yesterday. He was perfect uh, kicking extra points and uh, the field goals and such. And uh, so a nice bounce back for Robbie Gold to be there when the Bears needed him, making things easier, adding uh, you know quite a few points of his own for those of you out there, your fantasy owners. Robbie Gold giving you uh, 13 points, and that depending on uh, you know on uh, how long his field goals were and so on and so forth. But 13 points from your kicker—that's not a bad day. So. Anyway, that's going to do it, you know, uh, for the Bears. Victory over the St. Louis Rams, another happy um, victory episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Come on back on Thursday when we will have our talk with Lori Lattimore-Volkman of the Mile High Report on SB Nation, having her back since we had her over the summer, uh, previewing the game or previewing the season. Now we're going to have her to specifically preview this game and her thoughts on uh, what the Broncos' chances are on the road with Brock Osweiler as their starting quarterback. Will things improve because Peyton Manning has been banged up in one way or another the entire season? Or... Are they going to have to rely more on their running game? And, uh, you know, why the heck did they trade for Vernon Davis if they're not going to use the guy? And so on. So uh, we'll see what uh, what goes on there and uh, what other uh, aspects of the Broncos we can discuss. And I am going to share with Lori, for those of you that remember the segment, who was uh, talking about what a great soundbite machine 
Uh, John Fox is going to share a couple of my favorite John Fox quotes with Lori to see what kind of comedy we can get out of that. So uh, be sure to come back on Thursday for the preview of week 11. It's already week 11. How sad is that? How depressing. It's almost, it's, we're almost three quarters of the way through and it just makes me so sad. But uh, come on back on Thursday to preview the game between the Bears and the Broncos. So until then, my name is Larry D and this has been the Chicago Bears Review.